Amen. We'd like to welcome everyone to Spirit and Life International Ministry. Amen. Where we are building believers according to their true identity and purpose in Christ. Amen. Amen. We didn't come to preach you happy. We came to teach you whole. Amen. Amen. We want the fact that you whole be the source of your happiness. Amen. That God wanted you complete. He wanted you thorough. He wanted you full of the knowledge of Him. That you be developed on the foundation of His Word and nothing else. Amen. Glory to God. I'm excited. Amen. Not that the year is ended and a new one is coming, but I'm excited that what God is revealing to me concerning the body of Christ. Amen. God is doing a good work. Amen. 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 I'm excited about God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have to put a mirror behind me sometime and turn and preach to myself. Amen. <laughs> Glory, to God. Glory to God. But God gave me a word. You know, at the end of the year, everyone wanted to preach concerning the new and the new year and the new you. And God spoke to me about the new year in a new you, but in a different perspective. Amen. In a different perspective. You know me, I'm a teaching preacher, amen. So there's some teaching in it, but I promise what God put in my heart for you to make a difference in you. Amen. See, I want to give you a word that you can use when the enemy comes your way. Something you can apply, some principles that you can throw at him. And he'll be like, I can't do nothing with that. That's true. Amen. Amen. See, entertainment won't save you from the devil. Amen. Entertainment won't save you from the devil. He ain't made and entertained. He'll sit there and enjoy himself. Amen. But God spoke to me about the new one. This is the statement he gave me. Why someone needed. He said, who and what are you are the two most important questions that he answers in your life. Who and what are you are the two, two most important questions that he answers in your life. Your why comes from the answers to both of these questions. Your why comes from the answer to both of these questions. So I'm like, God, what, what are you getting at? I mean, it's the new year, it's coming to the close of the year. What, what are you saying? What God revealed to me, there are people who are still going around year to year ignorant of who they are. Ignorant of what they are. But they are trying to do new things as a new year come about. But if you are ignorant of who and what you are and a new year come and you're trying to do new things, that'll make you a new ignorant fool. Amen. I know, I know it sounds harsh, but I, I got to be truthful. Amen. See, you doing new stuff and remaining the old self won't make you new come this new year. Amen. Amen. See, without answers to both of these questions, you remain ignorant of your reason for life. You will transition from existing to living once you discover the answer to these two questions. So how can you become a new you when you don't know you? How can you become a new you when you don't know you? Amen. Amen. See, you can become new but still be ignorant of the you that you are. So you'll be brand new in a new year still living off the ignorance of the year before. Amen. So, me being a teacher of the word, I began to say, well, okay, God, what is new? What is new? And, and he gave me this. He said, new is having recently come into existence. New. Having recently come into existence. Okay, I, I kind of did that. Amen. He said, also new is being other than the former or old. Other than the former, oh, so okay, I, I got that. I understand that. He also says being recently born, built, or created, Amen. new. So okay, that sounds fresh. He said that not used by anyone else previously, Amen. new. Then this one is what God may say of dissimilar origin and usually of superior quality. So that means the new can't come from where the old came from. But when the new comes in, it's superior to that which is old. Mm 
Amen. So I like that one. I see now you're talking something now, God. But I had to go back to simple. I said, well, what is a year? See, the thing is that we get to a point that we hear from God, but think that we, they told us, don't question God. But God wants to communicate with us. Amen. See, communication goes two ways. In the communication properly, two people are always talking. Amen. If you look in the Bible, everybody questioned God and God gave them an answer. Amen. But religion taught us don't question God. But the Bible didn't say don't question God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't believe what the Bible says. So when God is talking to me, he wants me to have clarity of him. So when he's talking to me, I need to question him through prayer and communication so he can clarify that which he wants me to know to be released to you. That I don't give you anything. So I ask God something simple. What is a year? He didn't answer. Amen. So I went to what? Sometimes God is quiet because he wants you to go to the world source and see what he don't mean. You get it? So I asked him something simple. He didn't say that. So I went to Webster and got the definition of a year. And through that definition, he showed me what he did not mean. Amen. So a year, it's going to sound simple. Webster says the period of about 365 and one-fourth solar days required for one revolution of the earth around the sun. A year. The next thing he said is a division or measurement of time. Amen. The next thing was life as an indication of age. Another year. Amen. Amen. But it was this fourth definition that God wanted me to see. The reason why he didn't respond so I could know exactly what he meant. We're going somewhere now. Can I teach you? He said, a year. This is what to say. And I can see God looking. He said, this one don't get it. He said, it's a cycle in the Gregorian calendar of 365 or 366 days divided into 12 months beginning with January and ending in December. Now what stood out to me in this? When God started talking again when he said a cycle in the Gregorian calendar. I said, okay. Who is Gregory? See, I'm a D.A.D. Amen. It said who it said a cycle in the Gregorian calendar. And then when I looked for Gregorian calendar, I saw Buddhist calendar. I saw Jewish calendar. Amen. And then I saw about six or seven Buddhist calendar. I saw about six or seven different types of calendar. And it was all attached to some religious belief. But it was the Gregorian calendar that attaches itself to the calendar that we see today. So who is Gregory? Should be the question. So when I look at Gregory, it says the Gregorian calendar is internationally the most widely used civil calendar. It is named after Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, who introduced it in October of 1582. That disturbed me. Then God began to speak. Because Pope is Roman Catholic. Amen. I ain't picking. I am. I'm in. I am. But who gave him the audacity for us to measure our life according to his religious belief? So, if I believe different, I'm just, I'm just if I was Baptist, 
Should my month be 15 days instead of 30? Oh, I didn't look at the Buddhist calendar, but I'm pretty sure it was different. Amen. But I'm getting at that Rome and the Roman kingdom was in power during this time. And the Roman kept, see, when you're in Rome, you have to do what the Romans do. So they enforced their ruin. When you came in Roman captivity, they stripped you of your language. They stripped you of what you knew. They stripped you of everything that you were as a citizen before you came to Rome and they imposed Rome on you. Amen. Amen. So, the thing that I'm getting at, we're measuring our time what you've been doing for years according to a belief of a religion and a kingdom that was in power at this time. And this thing been going on since the 1500s. Amen. But I also understand that Christ died to bring another kingdom on the scene. But why am I operating according to this religious power, this religious kingdom that was imposed back then? Amen. Y'all see? See, this is what I want to get at. See, we understand that our natural life is measured by time. And the quality of life we live is measured by the effective use of time. Time is our most precious commodity in life. It's the only thing we use we can't get back. Life is measured by the effective use of time. You go out and commit a crime, they give you a bunch of time. Amen. You work a job, they pay you by the hour. They'll put a value on your time. Amen. That's your natural life. Amen. But, my question is, are you effectively using time or is time effectively using you? Amen. My question is, are you effectively using time or is time effectively using you? See, if you knew who and what you are, you truly are, you would effectively use time, and time would effectively use you. Because of your interest of self, time has abused you. Amen. Time has abused you. You've been living on snooze for a while. Amen. See, I have another question. And we're going to divide this and we're going to run forward with the word. Amen. Amen. Are you, this is a question, the man God created in Genesis 1 and, 7, 1 and 27, are you the man God formed in Genesis 2 and 7? Which one are you? God did not make you twice. God created a man in Genesis 1 and 26. He thought of him in 26. He created him, E.D. in 27. Then over in 27, he took the man he created and put him in a physical body in 27 and then placed him in a garden in the earth. Amen. But, I'm going to help you out. You are the man he created, not the man that he was from. Amen. I'm walking. Stick with me. It's going to bless you. But the man that was created was created in his image and after his life. Amen. Now, in John 4 and 24, it says God is a spirit. So if man was created in his image and after his life, that man he is a spirit. You're not your body. You are the man God created. Because when you die, they put that body in the ground. That spirit is going to live eternally somewhere. And where that spirit going to live is determined by your relationship, if you have one, with Jesus Christ. So, you were created to live eternally. 
Amen. God never created you to die. Although the body you live in be affected by the time, counted by the calendar, it shows the life you live with the time, but that's not who you are. Amen. Amen. Death is defined when the spirit leaves your body. And you left with that thing, you bring the hall or whoever in Winfield or wherever y'all, people gonna take y'all. Amen. Amen. But I'm getting at what did God desire concerning time? Concerning who you are. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Genesis 1. One, two, one, 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 one. I'm gonna move on. I want you to walk with me. You're gonna see where I'm going. I'm talking about the new you. When I, I, I wonder myself, why God take me way out here to bring in the new year for the new you? You know what God said? They've been ignorant of self and celebrate something that don't even pertain to them. Amen. Look what it says. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. That is amazing. Now, this is what, watch this. Now, God said, let there be light. He divided that light from the darkness. But he never said, let there be darkness. Because there's no darkness with him. He is light. Amen. But, at the end, he said he saw that the light was good and God divided the light from the darkness. If you go to five, it says God called the light day. Capital D. That was your Bible got? Capital D. And he said he called the darkness, he called night. Capital E. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Amen. So God come on the scene and released light in a place where darkness already was. And God called the light day in capital D. So there's something proper about that day. That can't be a normal day. Amen. So we have to ask what is light and what is day? Now when God said let there be light, light was a particular environment or an atmosphere or place fit and equipped for the man God created. Amen. God had to put a place in existence in order for him to put the man he created in. See, God can't be present and understood by darkness. Neither him who has created any image and likeness can be present and understood in darkness. So God had to put an atmosphere in place where his man can operate. If God is light, then man had to operate in. See, God always puts you attached to your source or your environment where you can develop. Amen. So he said, let this be light. Amen. And see, it was a spiritual place designed for the presence of the God kind of man. Amen. But he called it B with a capital D. That's good. Then he called it night with a capital E. This couldn't be a normal day and night. You gotta see. So I want to see God what you meant by day. Day meant God was separating his kind from that kind. Amen. Turn with me quickly. I want to show you. First Thessalonians 5. And we're going to jump back to that one scripture. Y'all with me? Come on, walk with me. It's going to be great. I want to show you what God was doing. 
First Thessalonians one. I mean first Thessalonians five and one. Look what it says. Now, now remember we on that year thing, that calendar thing, amen, and days, amen. First Thessalonians five and one. When you get that in here, you say amen. 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 Look what it says. It says, But of times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Amen. And it says, For when they shall see, say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. And they travail, as travail upon one of which child, they shall not escape. But look what he says about you. He said, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you. You are children of light, and the children of death, and we are not of the night, are of darkness. <laughs> you see, so God was separating the category, he said, you are children of light. You're an offspring of light. That means that, that atmosphere, environment, you are a part of it because you are what he is. Amen. But he said the children of darkness are children of night. That means those who are attached to the world. Because the world was darkness from the beginning. Amen. So that what God meant when he said let there be light. In the light he called day, in the night, the darkness he called night, the capital N. He was separating a category of people. God said, okay, now I'm speaking my word and my presence in this dark place. Amen. Now my light going to stand out from where there's darkness. See, wherever there's light, darkness can never last. Amen. When I came in here today, it was dark. When I turned the light, darkness never came back yet. Amen. So is it with God? Amen. Over in John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it talks about Jesus. I'm just summing it up, Brian Banksway. And it talks about Him being the light. Amen. The light of life. What type of life He was the light of? The God life, the Zoe life, the same life the man He created had, who was like Him. In his image, after his likeness. Amen. That light will make you an offspring of life if you're an offspring or a child of God. Amen. Making you children of the day in which he talked about this. What he was doing was preparing an atmosphere for you. Amen. You got to see. God was making your nursery for when he would get you created and placed in the spiritual place. See, he had light. When he created you. But he had a garden of Eden when he formed you. Spiritual man in spiritual place. Physical man in a beautiful physical place. Amen. But this was stood out to me. We talked about it in the year. Now, in Genesis 1, 1 through 5, what we read, we read about the day and the night, and God said, let there be light. Now, if you go down, I'm not going to go on from it, but I want you to see the next verse, God made a second day. The next verse, God makes a third day. Amen. But let's go to Genesis 1 and 14. Now we think about it. God now has three days going on. Amen. Oh, it's going to be good after this for sure. Now he made a first day when he he spoke light into existence and separated the light from darkness and made a day and a night with a capital D and a capital N. Then he come around and say, this was the first day, lowercase d, right? Uh-huh. All right. But he goes over to Genesis 1 and 14 and look what he says. He said, and God said, let there be lights. More than one, floor In the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for what years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light 
upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, the lesser light being the moon. And God sent them in the firmament of heaven to give light on the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And even in morning world, the fourth day, now God in the first one we talk about, the first thing he divided, he said that let there be a light and then he said he separated that light from darkness, amen, and, and, and the light was take capital D and the darkness was night, capital N, and then he come back and said that evening and morning was a day then God had two, three more days and then come to this fourth day and say that let there be light, son. In the firm of heaven to divide the day from the night. But wait, did he divide day from night in the beginning? Hmm. Hmm. What are you getting at? He said, oh, this is for signs and for seasons. For your father, for your one, for your son, for your strength. Amen. He said, and for days. For your January 1st. For your December 31st. And for years. For your 2017. For your 2018. Amen. Amen. So, this is what stood out to me. Obviously, God is measuring his days different from where we measure ours. Obviously, God is operating in something totally different from what we are operating in, that his days don't start when the sun go up and in when the moon come out. Because he made three days before there was even a sun or a moon in existence. Hmm. He separated a light from darkness in a spiritual manner before he separated light from darkness in a physical manner in which we count days, in which we count months, in which we count seasons, in which we count years. Amen. So, if I am the man that God created in Genesis 1 and 27, then the truth of who I am is not dictated by a calendar. But it's dictated by what God desired for me. Amen. See, I don't know about you, I won't live according to them three days that God saw, other than the one that's measuring the natural me. Amen. Because if I take care of the me that is in me, and live according to the one that was created like God, then the physical one that is being measured will live better on the outside. See, you should be spirit-led in that sense rule. Amen. See, this darkness, amen, was a chaotic state. It was a place of disorder, confusion, every evil work going on. Empty of all of God, without God's presence. That's what darkness is. See, God took care of the spiritual darkness in order to put forth his life. So God took away the chaos. He took away the evil to make his presence known through you in the earth. Then he said, okay, I'll give them some seasons and years and all that good stuff to live by. Amen. But that thing won't dictate who they are. You got to see. See, the man God created in Genesis 1 and 27 was not created to live his life dictated by time. He was created to be fully led by God. Then why are we living a life that is dictated by time? Should be your question. Amen. Turn with me, Genesis 3. I'm going to start through this quick. Quick, quick. Genesis 3 and 20. Now this is after Adam and Eve sinned. They were disobedient. 
God cursed them. Amen. But look what God says in 20. That's after he cursed them and, and, and cursed the, the serpent and all these things. And God said that Adam called his wife name Eve because she is the mother of all living. Until Adam also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life, eat and live forever. Look at that. Man sinned and God knew the way I created them. I couldn't twist it around. So I have to stop him. Because I don't want sin to be eternally his nature. So if I let him go eat of the tree of life after he has eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he will forever live in a sinful way and I can't do nothing about it. But the point of getting at that, he know that the real man that he created will always live forever. Time was not created to dictate the real you. You were created to manage time. Time should not manage you. Amen. Amen. So sin was the thing that caused time to dictate you. God never saw time as a dictator to you. Amen. Amen. Genesis so Genesis so in 25. I don't like the preaching teaching nothing I can't. I can't prove. Look what it says. You there? It says, and Adam knew his wife again. Amen. See, now this is after God had put the swords in front of the tree of life to keep man out so man wouldn't eat and eternally live forever in sin. And he couldn't do nothing about changing his nature. Amen. So now he said, Adam knew his wife again and she bare his son and called his name Seth. For God said she had appointed me another seed instead of Abel who came soon. And to say to him also that was born his son. And his name, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Let's go to chapter 5. Briefly. It says, This is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And look what it says here. It says that Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. That was the time when God started to measure the lives of men. By time. It was the result of sin that time began to dictate the bodies that we live in. Catch that. The bodies that we live in. So, as sin increased, man time shortened for his body. Amen. See, the first result of sin was a murder. The next result of sinfulness was a measured time for the body we live in. Amen. Genesis 6 and 1. I have to get through this, this just to get to the point that that's great. Amen. So we understand Adam sin, and he lived like almost 900 years. For the measure, that's a long time for a body. He was 130 when he had another son. But as sin increased, God shortened the life of the body. So the calendar was not made for the real you. It was made for your fallen flesh. Amen. And look what it says. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they choose. And look what the Lord said. The Lord said, my spirit should not always strive with man. Meaning my presence won't always be with him. But why, Lord? For that he also is flesh. Man now has attached who he think he really is unto the dying sinful flesh that he now lives in. 
And what is the result of that? Yet his days should be in 120 years. The flesh now is dictating you with the life that God gave you, but God never designed and desired you to live according to that. Amen. But God began to shorten the measurement of your time and dictating of your life through time because of sin. Amen. So this is the thing I'm going for. We're going to run with this thing and close out. Now, in Jesus Christ's redemption through salvation, he restored everything that Adam lost in the garden. Adam brought sin. Jesus fixed the sin issue. Amen. Adam lost his true identity. Jesus came and showed him the identity of a true son of God. Adam lost a kingdom. Jesus came and restored the kingdom back. Adam lost fellowship in the presence of God. Jesus fixed that. Adam had a sinful nature. Amen. Jesus came back and restored man with a righteous nature that now can fellowship freely with God. Amen. Jesus fixed everything that Adam broke. Everything that Adam called. Jesus fixed it through his finished redemptive work. Now this is the thing. If Jesus restored everything that Adam lost in the garden through his finished redemptive work, then you shouldn't be living your life dictated by time. Amen. See, I understand that you live in a body that ages and is affected by time, but you are not your body. How many of you think you're your body? Nobody? I used to think. I'm feeling bad this morning. My body feels bad. I don't feel like going to work. My body don't feel like going to work. This is the thing. That's why fasting is so important. Fasting strips your body of its desires or what it wants, to eat what it wants, to do the things that it wants, like if it's watching TV or, or wanting to do the thing, you strip your body of the, the, the desires of it that your spirit, the real you, can connect with God in Him. So God put fasting in place because He knows that you and your body aren't the same thing. Amen. Turn with me right quick. Romans 12 and 1. I want you to see. I know our bodies bodies are dictating us. That's why time is dictating us. The minute we master our bodies, we will master our life. But your body cannot be mastered until one thing happens, and I'm going to prove it through this scripture. Amen. Romans 12 and 1. Look what it says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This scripture proves that you are not your body. Look what it says. It says you present your body. It's telling you to present your body. See, if you and your body was one, who's going to present it? God is always speaking to your spirit to rear you through the word. Amen. He's saying you, the real you, the spirit man, present your body a living sacrifice. That means sacrifice your time. Sacrifice when you want to go to sleep. Sacrifice the things you love much in order to get closer to me. He said that is acceptable to God, which is your reason for serving. But look what he says in two. This is how you master your life. Be not conformed to this world. Don't set no New Year's resolutions. 
But be transformed by the renewing of your. See, your body will go wherever your mind goes. So in order to master your body, you must first master your mind. But in order to master your mind, your spirit man, the real you, will have to have dominion over your thoughts. Amen. It says, once your mind is renewed, then you will prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we know now that you are not your body. But tell me, why are you dictated by time? See, since God never created you to be dictated by time, and Jesus Christ restored to you back to life that God created for you in the beginning, then a new year shouldn't determine the new you. Ah. A calendar doesn't determine a new you. January 1st can't determine a new you. You are not your body. You are the man God created in the beginning. A spirit can't die. A spirit can't age. It's just the spiritual life is the thing that will carry the physical life. But the mind is the one that guided according to the one that dominates most. If you're dominated by your flesh, that means your flesh has a stronger pull on your mind than your spirit does. So you're dictated by it. I don't feel like going to work. I'm going to make some new year's resolution come next year. I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start living healthy. I'm going to stop cursing. I'm going to stop going here. That's because my flesh is leading me to say these things. But my spirit has been designed this in July. Because the real me is not dictated by time. Amen. See, I never saw a New Year's resolution in the Bible. Change came the minute man attached himself unto the will of God for his life. That man became new at that moment. It wasn't a calendar year. It wasn't January. It was the moment that man had an interaction or an encounter with God. The new you. See, new doesn't start with the beginning of a calendar year, but new can only start with God. And God is not limited by time. Amen. 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 God is not limited by time. Look what it says in 2 Peter 3 and 8. It says that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is that one day with the Lord. Amen. He was at the end and the beginning at the same time. Time does not judge him. Amen. In fact, he took three days to do what he desired before he made time an issue. But the time that he made an issue was supposed to be the thing that detects you. You were supposed to be led by him by the time that he put in place. Amen. Turn with me, Second Corinthians 5. We're coming to a close. That's how I'm old preachers, they get three clothes, they always tell you that. I'm on my what second. Second Corinthians 5 17. Amen. You're not dictated by time. You're not your body. You're not the thing that ages. Amen. God never saw you in that way. A new a, a new calendar year doesn't turn a new you. Amen. Five and seventeen. Look what it says. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, that what it says. It says, therefore, when January 1st comes, it says, therefore, when I start eating different tomorrow, it says, therefore, when I start my gym membership tomorrow, If therefore when I start eating more fruits and vegetables and quit the fried food tomorrow. No, it says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God. And has given us the mission and reconciled us himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. He said, any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. So, me doing new doesn't make me new. Me doing new only comes from being in Christ. And the only way to be in Christ is to be born again. That don't have nothing to do with accounting. Amen. He said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, I teach this before, that new Creature comes from the Greek word kathesis, which means original creation. So this is what he said. He said, if any man is in Christ, he is the original creation. He's the one I created originally in the beginning. He's the one that I created in my image and after my likeness. It's new to him because he's been thinking after the calendar of old flesh for so long. So when I saw the new man that I always meant, he's been making himself by time. Time wasn't meant for you. Amen. Amen. Time wasn't meant for you. See, new is of God and not in January 1st. Amen. New is of God and not January 1st. See, the newness as it pertains to you was made available to you by God over 2,000 years ago. You late. See, it was made available to you over 2,000 years ago when Jesus provided redemption through salvation. Man. And you didn't have to wait on a new calendar year to walk into your newness. God provided the ability to be new 2,000 years ago and you waiting for the clock to strike 1201 and some apple to go up or come down to start a new you and God is looking down and say, I've been made that available. <laughs> Christ did die. You have not walked into your newness. See, the only thing that limits you from walking in your newness is you. You are ignorant of yourself because you're ignorant of all that God has provided for you. Your new been available. You're not limited by time. See, you're, you're living by the dictates of your fallen nature, by the desire of your flesh, and they're trying to put on you a new that you can't provide. That stuff you're trying to do next year, you can't provide that if you're not you new inwardly. That's just good thoughts of stuff you're going to try. And you'll be eating bad. By the time your specific other takes you to Valentine's Day, February 14th. <laughs> you might not make it past MLK. And come on, you're going to be eating all kinds of stuff. Then you won't go into the end religiously and say you're not going to eat meat on Friday. Then Easter, you're going to ball crawfish, eat this, crabs, cake, everything else. Then after that, it's going to be Memorial Day, everybody's going to be barbecuing. They come for the July. The crawfish season might be long too. Amen. They come Labor Day back to football and tailgating. Homecoming, tailgating. Amen. All kinds of classes. Jackson State Southern. Bayou class. Grandma went again. <laughs> Then next thing you know, we get into Thanksgiving. Bunch of food. Christmas. More food. Then you got a resolution. Again. Another calendar year. Our same fat, unhealthy, or whatever we are, we did it with. Now we can lie to ourselves that we trying to do new stuff with being the same old person in it. The gym membership's gonna pick up tomorrow. That's the high point in gym membership. Whole Foods gonna be packed with people tomorrow. 
Look at what Amen. But by the end of January, all that gonna be. And God said, I provided a new for you 2,000 years ago that I helped you tame that flesh that you can't control. But you have not walked in it. See, going into a new year, doing different things that you did in the previous year doesn't make you new. But only salvation through Jesus Christ make you new. Your newness starts with God. Amen. Amen. Your newness starts with God. Amen. Can I close out with one scripture and a few saying? Yes. Can I? Yes. Ephesians 4 and 17. Okay. And I'm going to let you write the other scripture down. You read it yourself. You, you, I don't want to keep meddling, but I know y'all got some resolutions that y'all can start now. Ephesians 4 and 17. Everybody there? Look what he said. He said, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now when he speaks of Gentiles, he's talking of those who are separated from God. Those who are of the category of darkness. He said, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And he said, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with grievance. They like to eat too. <laughs> but ye have not so learned Christ. He said, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, look what it said, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, that you quit telling yourself, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to eat that today, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to start exercising tomorrow. But he said, put off that type of talk. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And look what he said in 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, this is what he said. He said, okay, quit talking like you used to talk. Setting the New Year's resolution. But be renewed in the spirit of the way that you think. And when your spirit of the way you think is renewed, look what you're able to do. And you put on the new man. And that you put on the new Man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So this new man is created after God. He's created in his image. He is after his likeness. But the way you put him on is when you begin to think different, then you will be new. Amen. Amen. It's all on you. Write this scripture down. I don't want to go there. I'll put it on you. Then God ain't going to be upset. I'll put it on you. It's your responsibility when I release it. Colossians 3. I'm just joking. Colossians 3. But I'm having respect for your measured time. That's why I'm giving you Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Write it down, snapshot it. Just read it on your own time. Amen. Amen. I'll close out with these sayings. Your new year can only start with a new you. And a new you can only start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Keeping resolutions can never make you new. Only faith and obedience in the living word of God can make you new. Stop operating according to the world. Begin to operate according to the word. Your new starts with God. He created, and he's the one that created the beginning of beginnings. Your new starts now. Your new starts now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give God a hand for that word. Amen.